0: I want to know what I would do if I didn't win.
1: I guess we'll never know.
0: So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids.
2: Welcome to Watching the
0: Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean. And I know last time I said, you know, we finally did it. We did it. We completed another Kanye West album. But this time I mean it. We really did do (laughs) it again. This is the final notes that have come from Kanye. And it's all we've got left. This is all we have. Yeah. Until the next one.
2: If there is a next one,
0: dum dum dum. Oh come on, Jesus is king too. That's coming. You know it is. It always comes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus is king too.
2: Wash the throne to Cruel winter.
0: <laughs> Those Turbo forty songs with Kendrick. Those forty songs with who else was it? I don't even remember.
2: Everyone, Drake, Kenny G. you know 40 songs between kanye and kenny g would be spectacular i mean how much would you listen to that that's a good question have you listened to jesus is born since the day it came out Mm, (laughs) come on chris
0: don't put me in this position
2: (laughs) yeah i have one song that i favorited from the album And it comes on shuffle randomly sometimes, and I'm always like, what is this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why am I listening to gospel music? It surprises me.
2: If it's not Kanye yelling at me about how it's not Christ-like, then I don't know what gospel music is.
0: All right, let's get back on track. Today is a celebration, right? (laughs) Yes, yes it is. We are celebrating Jesus as King. We're celebrating Kanye, but I think probably more important than either of those, we're celebrating... Us we're celebrating washing the throne because we fucking did it. We went all the way through Jesus as King. <laughs> we explained every single line, related it to every single Bible verse that Connie was thinking about, and just like fucking crushed it. Like this, we just spread this album wide open.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we did explain the album in a way that uh I do think is satisfying, and I do think will help people. Have a deeper and better appreciation for what Kanye was going for than maybe what they initially thought upon listening to the album. I like to think that there were some uh, <laughs> converts here mm. that went from a bit Saul in how they felt about Jesus as mm-hmm. King to
0: a bit more Paul. I think so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's all thanks to us.
2: All thanks to us and the Bible, I guess. I, maybe a I mean, little so bit, much. Of,
0: mostly us.
2: Yeah. You know, our, our first ever interpretation of the Bible and some of these
0: verses, you know? Sure, but I, I'm reading the Bible through Kanye, so, like, I have the ultimate teacher on my side. I kind of feel like I know the Bible front to back now. As
2: somebody that had never read the Bible... Up to this point, it has been an experience going through and now being like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, Second Corinthians. <laughs> like, I feel like I can throw things out there now where people will be like, so you've
0: read it? And I'll be like,
2: yeah, you can say that.
0: I'll be able to throw out this knowledge for at least a couple more weeks before it all leaves me. <laughs> Just evaporates into the ether. <laughs> but we have this episode. We're going to go be... We're going to be going through the entire album a little bit, but first we're going to cover this final awesome track, Jesus is Lord.
1: Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord. Every time confess, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is
2: Lord. Yeah, so I mean, the lyrics are kind of the least exciting part about this song, I think, <laughs> um, at least conceptually to me. So maybe it's best to start there um we start with every knee shall bow every tongue confess and those lines both come from bible verses go figure (laughs) but they're a little uh, uh different points of the bible so the first one comes from isaiah 45 which is old testament right and it has this very epic nature to it it's uh god speaking to his anointed cyrus And somebody telling us, this is what the Lord said. And he says, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the cloud shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord have created it. So like very powerful sentiments about why people would be bowing and tongues confessing. And that finally comes up at the very end of this section. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn. My mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me, every knee will bow. By me, every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are deliverance and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But all the descendants of Israel will find deliverance in the Lord and will make their boast of him. Which feels, again, very climactic and very like all-encompassing and powerful. Like, this dude is so powerful, or this god is so powerful that every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna swear loyalty. Like, (laughs) jeez. Uh, and then you get the second version of this in the New Testament that comes from Philippians 2, written by our old friend Paul the Blessed. Paulie, sure, Paul, or wait, no, right.
0: I like to picture Paul the Apostle as Pauly Shore. (laughs) I mean, if there's anybody in Hollywood that's going to play Paul in a movie, I mean, first is Kanye. Kanye gets first dibs in the part, but if he doesn't want it, Pauly Shore is second in line. (laughs) Uh,
2: I can just picture his face every time like God speaks to him. He's just like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen a Pauly Shore movie. I've only seen the trailers. (laughs) But that's enough. I think I got it. That's enough. Yeah. Um, So Philippians 2, this section is called Imitating Christ's Humility, which I think already jumps out in terms of uh, the story that we've been talking about on Jesus is King with Kanye going from a bit more combative and selfish to a bit more spiritual and helping others. And you'll see that come out very much in this section. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So right there you get both the every knee should bow, every tongue acknowledge slash confess that Jesus is Lord. So (laughs) it's almost straight from... Uh, Philippians two, but Philippians two has its foundation in Isaiah forty five.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of interesting language in all of these verses. I mean, it's a lot to take in all at once. But, but I think like kind of the biggest thing I take away from a lot of this is just how much the Bible is giving yourself over to God, and how much Connie's channeling that on this album, and as we can see, like in his real life he's talked so long about destroying the ego and letting the ego go. And, and he's talked about that in a lot of different, uh, formats and he's framed it in a lot of different ways. Like he's been thinking about his family, been thinking about how he can improve the world and a lot of that has involved destroying the ego. And here, what I really get from this language is like, God is all powerful to christians to people who believe in god and in giving yourself over to god like is the ultimate destruction of the ego like you you're putting all of your faith in god that he will fix everything that that be- if you worship him on earth and spread the word of god like you ascend in the heaven and you give yourself over to him and he will protect you like that's really what this album's building to that's really why connie's channeling this language here like he is just ready to give up the ego
2: Yeah, and he talked about... I think we can see that pathway really starting with Yeezus and the idea of the Yeezus persona, the Yeezus ego that started that album so strongly and ends with Yeezus just being (laughs) referred to as his dick by Send It Up and him trying to move past that and past that persona to having an actual relationship on Bound 2. And if you look, I mean, that may sound weird in terms of the lyrics on the album, but when you look at the concert, the Jesus tour, what would happen in that show is Kanye would wear this mask for 90%, uh, what was it, five acts? He would wear it for the first four, and then at the start of the fifth act, this mountain that symbolized fame, success, money, all this stuff, would split open, Jesus would walk out... Jesus would walk out of this mountain and Kanye would bow down. Jesus would like pray for him, touch him and then walk away and Kanye would finally take off the mask. And then he would sing the last couple songs in the album ending with Bound 2 and still have even after Bound 2 finished the refrain or the interlude from On Sight playing over and over at the end. He'll give us what we need, it may not be what we want. So Even there it seemed Kanye was trying to deal with this tension between ego and Jesus and being saved by Jesus that then gets explored further on Life of Pablo with the tension between fame and faith and how he ends up giving up fame, putting that in quotes, uh, for his family or the celebrity lifestyle for his family and for his faith having much more of a reconnection with God. And that is, in a way, destroying ego until Ye addresses it way more directly. Uh, He even started talking about it in 2018 with a lot of his tweets on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, It's been coming up a lot. So to see that recur here and to take on uh, more direct religious illusions, it's been a pretty grand journey over these last four albums <laughs> reaching the point where the ego really vanishes and is replaced wholeheartedly with this faith.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, calling it subtle is ridiculous, but compared to Jesus came it's is a little subtle, just Kanye's relationship with God throughout all of those albums, even Jesus, you know, which the title alone could be considered blasphemous. But as you laid out that journey is a lot about like this, it's not the destruction of the ego because Jesus is still Jesus, but like there's a chink in Jesus' armor by the end of that album. And you can sense Kanye starting to realize the kind of man he needs to become if he wants to be a good husband to Kim, wants to eventually be a good father, and wants to have a family. And kissy Ghost ends with Lord, shine your light on me, save me, please, leading into Jesus as Lord. Like for so long, he has been talking about God. Um, not so overtly like he did in this album and which is funny that people for so long said like he wasn't a christian and here now that he is a christian he's getting shit for that too i guess you can't win in 2020 um (laughs) but jesus is keen like this is it like this is everything connie has been building to he is he's at this moment where and the album totally recognizes it because the first half of the album is all about ego which i'm sure chris is going to go through very shortly um like Every single song is detailing this ego Connie has and how he feels this need to preach the word of God. And he has this desperate desire to change the world. And what we get from Jesus as Lord, the final track, is that Connie really needs to stop thinking that way. Spiritual warfare is a good thing. Fight for your family. Fight for your freedom. Fight for what you believe is right. But in the end, you have to give yourself over to God. It's all about ascension. And it's all about that day you get to bow down at God's feet and just give yourself over to him and let him protect you. you. You can't change the world the way God can. And he realizes that by the end of the album.
2: And that's really the cool thing is that contrast between every hour and Jesus is Lord. Mm. And just to put kind of a, a finer point on it, when you look at every hour, Kanye's not present in the song at all it's the chorus saying, sing every hour, every minute, every second, sing each and every millisecond. We need you. We need you. We need you. Oh, we need you. And sing till the power of the Lord comes down. That's what everybody's going for. Like, you need the Lord to come down and be part of the world, which I guess could get at, what, rapture stuff, like the second coming of Christ, the Messiah, Mm -hmm. like all of that kind of thing. But also just making the... The work of the Lord or the gospel of the Lord present in the world through the actions of people, I think is something that as the album progresses, we could see that, um, understanding of it emerge. But Kanye on that first part, is it necessarily putting his voice so forcefully behind God because there's still that ego? He's more concerned with like, yay, she'll be made free, right? Or Mm -hmm. he's wrestling with God on (laughs) uh, follow God or uh, closed on Sunday he's way too concerned about the vipers and what everybody else else is doing on God he's concerned about paying taxes like all of these kind of I guess petty things putting petty in quotes just in the context of what's at stake Mm -hmm. they don't matter as much as Kanye having that faith and getting rid of his ego to be as part of the community and adding his voice to the choir but after that conversion on every uh everything we need and water and god is he starts acting in a way that brings the power of the lord down and by the end of the album on jesus is lord he adds his voice he's singing every hour every minute every second jesus is lord jesus is lord that is just kanye's voice alone with these swelling Uh, brass instruments behind him Mm -hmm. is really powerful and important given the context of what every hour set up and given the context and contrast between the ego that's so present on the first part of the album and the willingness to praise and serve that's so present on the second half of the album
0: it's kind of crazy how much every hour sets up (laughs) because it's just kind of like I feel like a lot of people could look at it as just this throwaway intro track that Kanye's not even on, but it really does set up a, uh, the production on the album, just how it's, it's a traditional gospel song. And then it'll lead right into Salah, which is Kanye's version of gospel. Like it's, it really sets up this dynamic of like what gospel is and how Kanye's not present for it like he's not in that song and then throughout the album we see him like see how he's going to add his voice to the choir and then at the same time it also sets up this idea of resurrection and what it means um specifically re- referencing that uh, first corinthians chapter 15 which we've talked about like fucking a thousand times in this season it's this idea that uh there were a lot of people in the city of corinth a long ago that did not believe in the resurrection of jesus And Paul had to explain like the importance of resurrection and how it it goes beyond just believing in Jesus was resurrected. Man can be resurrected. And it sets up this idea that Kanye can be baptized and born again and can eventually ascend into heaven, which is like kind of your second life. So both of those dynamics are set up and then culminate on Jesus as Lord, where we do see the music come in. We see him crafting a gospel. And then at the same time, like we see him bowing down before God and like ready to ascend, and like the light of God is literally shining down on Kanye with with all of this brass that comes in. It's incredible. You gave me some goosebumps there. Ooh, Kane's giving me goosebumps.
2: <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. Like there are on every hour, sella and follow God, a number of references. I can't remember if it's also on. Um, closed on Sunday to Revelation and (laughs) this idea that resurrection well not just Revelation but the idea of resurrection and that Christ's like ultimate promise and ultimate trick not to use like trick negatively but just like oh he can do that Mm -hmm. is resurrection and that death doesn't mean death that there's something beyond it and this is something that keeps like being promised. It's something that Jesus promises people, tells people about, it's something that Paul tells people about, it comes up a lot. And in the first Corinth, uh, I keep calling it first Corinth, first Corinthians 15, <laughs> you get this specific section that says, now if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, If I fought wild beasts in Ephesians with no more than human hopes, what have I gained if the dead are not raised? And right before that, which is actually what I meant to read, (laughs) you get the section, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherent the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. That's the key thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up in victory. So, this idea of change and this idea of going from mortal to immortal gets at, at the human to the spiritual. But important here is the idea of the last trumpet and Mm -hmm. the trumpet signaling something grander that this transition has taken place. Uh, There's a lot of weight and um, meaning put on trumpets in the Bible. And it also refers back to Psalm 150, praise God, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and lyre, Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's something that's every hour channeled. Mm. Uh, Praising the Lord, that ability to sing for him. The idea of let everything that has breath praise the Lord is so inherent to every hour and actually comes up multiple times across Jesus is King. (laughs) It's a literal line in the song, Right? So for Kanye now to end with praising the Lord and saying Jesus is Lord, but not only that, having a distinct trumpet in the song as well as a tuba, trombone, saxophone, French horn, (laughs) all these brass instruments... It captures the energy of Psalm 150, but also captures that energy of the sounding of the trumpet, that last trumpet that signals uh, resurrection, that signals like God coming down,
0: that signals change. Yeah, it's, it's a new beginning. That's really what resurrection is. It's, you go from this mortal state to this ascended spiritual state. And I think that's what Kanye's realized on the album is that, I mean, yes, eventually he believes he will ascend to heaven and like that kind of spiritual living is different, but you can channel that part of yourself internally. Like the spiritual part of yourself gives you, gives yourself over to God. Like you were, you were just living in God's presence under God's protection. And that's how you live. Like that's the state Kanye wants to get to. And then eventually does at the end of the album. It's, I mean, this shit, Come on people, who are these people saying Jesus is king is a 7? This is ridiculous.
2: <laughs> or a 5 or a 3 or anything uh, under double digits. That's right. Yeah, that's just I get not thinking that the lyrics are as superficially interesting or clever as some as like the lines on Glory like you know, with my ego, I could stand there in a Speedo and be looked at like a fucking hero. Like, things like that that are just like, oh, man, like, what a line that just have that pop factor to Mm -hmm. them. But there's so much that's set up and paid off, subtextual, like, just artsy Mm -hmm. on this album that that quality of writing is still there. It's just different aspects that you have to appreciate.
0: Yeah. I love it. I I mean, song by song too. I mean, we're just laying out the really broad narrative that's going on here, but I mean, song by song, line by line, there's, there's so much packed into it. So many Bible references, so much meaning. I mean, I'm thinking back to closed on Sunday and how Connie is saying he draws the line it's written in the sand this idea that he's juxtaposing drawing the line which is antagonistic and combative with written in the sand which is what jesus did in this moment where he forgave this adulteress like the the levels of difference between those two pieces of imagery there like everything kind saying about himself and how he needs to be more like jesus and more forgiving and more peaceful like that that's happening every single song and God, it's just like, I I understand why people think Kanye's losing his way, but like moments like that make me think that he's only getting better.
2: Yeah, that's one of the most powerful things to me, because it's such a line where on the surface, you're just like, okay, it's drew a line in the sand, like, great. But when you understand the context and the reference, and it's coming after a song called Follow God, where he talked about not being Christ-like, right? Yeah. And here he sets up this idea that Christ forgave an adulteress and said, like, you know, you who are without sin cast the first stone and everybody walks away and he forgives her. But now Kanye's ready to fight and condemns a Jezebel at the end of the song. Like yeah. That's so great just because <laughs> it's following him saying that he wasn't being Christ-like and yet he's trying to be but we see the irony and we see the hypocrisy in his day-to-day life at that point that's keeping him from ascending or feeling as committed as he would feel and that to me is way cooler than just i don't know a catchy
0: song or like oh those bars are really like great i don't know yeah no I, and and one thing i think you're pointing out that realizing about kanye is like one of the reasons his albums can have such an arc and so much meat to the narrative is that he's so critical of himself like he he's so willing to look internally and recognize his flaws and expose those flaws and then like give life to those flaws like he is so willing to double down on them and make them part of his character and expose them that It, it sets up this journey to where he can come out on the other side, a new person, somebody reborn, somebody ready to move on and make changes. And that's what I love about the end of every Kanye album is it sets up like the next step, like what's next for Kanye. He went from this bad place to the slightly better place, but there's still this tinge of like, I still need to do this. I still need to do that. It's, it's always there happening every single album, maybe except this one though, because he seems like he's in a good place.
2: it's funny like you mentioned looking at last songs and what last call he's on top of the world and fame has come to him Mm -hmm. he has arrived and then late registration analyzes the tensions with fame that he's already feeling to the point where the last song gone talks about him already trying to flee and leave and then you get graduation which the last song's big brother where he talks about how he fucked everything up Like, he had the world, but because his ego got overwhelmed, he's now antagonizing people, which then leads to 808s and Heartbreak. And then the last song there is talking about how he doesn't feel like a real boy. He's comparing himself to this fictional character, Pinocchio. And then the next album is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which brings us into a fantasy world. And then you get Who Will Survive in America, and then Yeezus deals with society and America and Jesus trying to change it or save people from the culture that he's found only for that to fail. And it ends with him trying to reconnect with a woman and have a relationship only for life of Pablo to go into looking at this relationship and tension between fame and faith and dedication. And that ends with him saying, where is God in my nightlife? And then you get this whole religious kick following that. Like, Amazing.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I was thinking about Last Call, which we talked about on the last episode was the last time like the final song on a Connie album felt powerful and like good. <laughs> like you felt like Connie was in a good place. Um, it's interesting that Last Call did actually end up setting up the tension for late registration and Connie, you know, Last Call, Connie's it's a celebration. He's so happy to be famous, to be world renowned, to be known and it, it just, I mean, it's almost too obvious that he's gonna have a downfall from that, that he's gonna realize the pains of celebrity. And that's exactly what late registration and graduation and 808's, I guess the rest of his discography is, is him dealing with how hard it is to be a celebrity. And now here we are, I think, at a, a different stage in Kanye's journey where he has given himself over to God. And it seems like he's gonna be on this religious kick for a while. And that's that's now, I think, what we're heading into, you know, with Jesus is Lord being a final song where you feel like Kanye's in such a good place. Like, I feel like inevitably what's next is him dealing with being a Christian in today's society and how difficult that's going to be and just how difficult it's going to be to be Kanye West in these changing times. Like, we're in a new decade. I I feel like that's what we're going to get from Kanye moving forward. I do wonder,
2: I mean, I know Kanye always has something to say but i do wonder he had been so steeped in fame and had these things like really coming at him that it felt like there was a lot to explore and talk about i wonder if this world is going to be so new that it's actually going to take him more time to have the experiences to build up to like an album where he has something to say about them Hmm.
0: yeah i mean shit he should come on the show and talk about that (laughs) kanye (laughs) just two hours (laughs) i mean yeah we can speculate all we want but I i guess the most intriguing part of all this is like kanye just never runs out of things to say like he never stops caring and even when you don't agree with kanye like god you just gotta admire like how motivated he is to to do good and to go out and force conversation. And I, I'm really excited. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not religious. Like we've said that a billion times this season, but like, I'm so, so ready for whatever religious kick Kanye is about to go on. And like all of the subjects he's going to explore in this state, it's, it's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm down because I, even if, the specific statements don't have as much meaning to me, I still connect with the emotion that Kanye brings to it. Like, I find Jesus is King a very cathartic album overall because I can viscerally or vicariously go on that journey with Kanye from tension to peace. And whatever is bringing about that peace for him that doesn't matter to me because I still feel it. So even if I'm not as like gung ho about specific Bible stuff or praising God in that moment, I can be, and I can feel that and connect with that passion and what it brings to Kanye. Mm -hmm. And that's great to be able to feel.
0: Yeah. I feel like this is like the old man coming out in both of us because I can look at Jesus and the life of Pablo and just, kind of be enamored by them and just blown away by the narrative ground they cover, just like all of the different elements of it, the production, like I'm in awe of those albums. But when I think about the albums like I connect most with, it's kind of his simplest ones with Yay, Kitsy Ghost and Jesus is Keen, just how minimalist they are and how specific the journey is and how much I relate to it. Like this idea of you wanting to be a better person, but you're stuck in this state and this journey you go on, this mirror journey where you start in one place and end on the other, there's something about it that's so simple yet so profound in a way that I don't don't think Kanye's ever really tapped into. And if this is the kind of album we're just going to get from Kanye moving on out, um, I know everyone else will be pissed about that, but I'm excited.
2: There was just a, a, somebody tweeted to us, shout out Michael, on Twitter about a post on our Yandi leaks, which has been a split off of our Kanye, <laughs> which has gotten pretty popular. Twenty one thousand, really? I oh think, God. people. Yeah. Um, and there was a post on there saying that if Kanye released another album that was under thirty minutes, that it was probably like the end of his <laughs> like musical arc, or like it was, Man. it was a line that he couldn't come back from, something. To that end, which I can understand feeling that way, like as dramatic as that also seems to me, I do remember back to the first time I found out yay was (laughs) just what, like 23, 24 minutes Uh and how disappointed in that that I was. And same thing when I downloaded Jesus is King and was like 27 minutes, like that can't, like it didn't fully download, like it has to be (laughs) longer. There was still that disappointments i guess uh logically or at least like
0: yeah this or initially
2: yeah but at the same time these albums have become as you said from that mirrored structure some of my favorite to where you just really get in and out quickly you get hit with this emotion can experience it much more uh cohesively than an album that's like an hour or 22 tracks Mm -hmm. or 15 tracks that really is taking you on a longer journey where by the time you end it you're so far away from the beginning that you can kind of zone out at times or not have the same
0: uh continuity or sense of continuity yeah i i guess i mean i can understand people feeling that way because I guess just because I am an empathetic person and like I understand people feel that way, but and I know (laughs) you want more from your favorite artists, but I just I'm not in that state at all. Like I couldn't be more far removed from that line of thinking. And and maybe it just speaks to the way I like my art generally. Like I, I often think that movies are way too superfluous these days and like too much packed in there, trying to do too much, like not focusing on the important humane bits were, you know like that speak to universal truths um i love a tight efficient movie in the way i like it a tight efficient album and that's really the direction kanye's gone like i i love that about him i love that he can say so much in so little time i mean is jesus is keen saying any less than like the life of papo did like maybe technically because there are more songs and it's a longer running time and like he can go to more places but when we boil it down to like what the album is saying about kanye and what he's revealed about himself and where he's taking his own internal narrative personally like what he's shown us like i don't think there's a ton of difference and i I guess i don't need like more bars and more lines and more production to feel that sense of catharsis and to feel good about the end of a Kanye album that I that I've understood Kanye better. Like I, I I'm getting it so much from what he's giving us lately.
2: I just like the irony of us talking about uh efficient <laughs> movies, and efficient like albums, with our podcast being like the most inefficient podcast in, oh, yeah. in the world. But hey,
0: you know? Well that's our we slogan, got that, the most uh, inefficient Kanye podcast in Kanye podcast history. <laughs> And we get that Ephesians energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that part though. I don't, I don't mind that so much. We can be inefficient. No. We can, we can,
2: it's just others. It's just others mm-hmm. who can't. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, uh, there's something about this, this period of Kanye that, and I do think there's that interesting tension too, of those early albums were more performances or more Mm. entertainment. It's something that you looked at Kanye and he really did feel more super heroic. Even if you connected with his humanity that was so present on We Don't Care and Spaceship and All Falls Down, these very relatable human songs, there was still this, I guess, sheen of mythology or myth or the heroic figure on those albums that made them a bit more glossy, a bit mm-hmm. more entertainment, a bit more of the celebrity that we'd like to admire and aspire to, where I think after Yeezus getting into Life of Pablo and then way more on Yay, Kids See Ghost and now Jesus is King it's become so much more humanized even the production or engineering people point out like it's more flawed like it doesn't sound as good as before I don't think that that's not on purpose he wants it to be less of that polish less of that uh, product aspect mm-hmm. to it and have it be more human more raw more this is just me in these moments with still having the artistic depth and the storytelling depth, because it's still Kanye as an artist working, but it does feel more like personal artwork than entertainment that has totally. personality and personal
0: aspects put into it. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's no less artistic depth here. Like we just spent an entire season and spent an hour on every single song dissecting it. Like there's there's a ton to dissect. What's changed is who Kanye's made music for. Like, Kanye totally made music in the beginning to become famous. And I think he, he, I mean, he did it for himself, of course. Like, there were things he was exploring about himself. But I think he's been pretty open about the fact that for a long time, he made music for reasons that uh, weren't as special to him even my beautiful dark twisted fantasy he admits was a backhanded apology like he made it because he wanted people to love him again after the taylor swift incident it probably wasn't until jesus that Kanye truly made something for himself and from there on out like has continued to do that like everything he makes is so reflective of him and and i love that like that's why i don't really mind that it doesn't have the musical prowess of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy like i understand it doesn't technically but that's not really why i love kanye like i love listening to a kanye album because he's exposing himself and i'm learning so much about him and i and i find him interesting and i find him inspirational and if this is what keeps that going like i love that
2: yeah and you know each time you're getting a different experience and a different facet of the artist no two projects are the same it's
0: crazy like the two most similar projects are probably college dropout late registration and that's honestly uh blasphemous to say because they're not like they only like, only on like the surface do they kind of sound the same. Like man, every album is different. It's crazy.
2: Yep. The focus is different. I, I uh, I'm so excited. And I guess that does get in looking forward a random thought, but if each album is about that chapter in Kanye's life and we kind of know at this point that Kanye's starting to swing for bigger and bigger things. Uh just reading the Wall Street journal article and the g q article like Kanye has these like grand ambitions. I do wonder if uh the next album could go more maximal again. I would like that mm. but or minimal or whatever yeah
0: <laughs> mm. speaking of looking forward, do we want to do that? yeah so this concludes
2: at this point, our main discography song by song analysis of Kanye. What watching the throne has been for the last five years, almost what that long, 2016, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. (laughs) July will be five years. I think I'm getting sick of you, Chris. Oh, don't say that. No, it's not true. Don't say that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that doesn't mean that the show is ending.
0: (sighs) Not by any means. No, 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 no. So moving forward, okay, I I guess I can lay it out this way. And I don't know if anyone's interested in this. Uh, A little peek behind the curtain. But Chris and I prep for each of these song episodes a lot. (laughs) Like we look at the songs ourselves, take our own notes, then we get together and discuss and plan out these episodes. And then we record them and then we edit them like it's a lot of work and we really don't mind the work at all. Like we love doing this kind of lyrical dissection, but now that we are through all of the songs on Kanye's solo projects, I know we haven't done watch the throne. Jordan, shut the fuck up. I, we have gotten to this point where like, we're at a bit of a crossroads and we were wondering where we wanted to take the show. And we think maybe moving forward that, while we will definitely be visiting future Kanye albums and whatever he puts out. Um, we want to keep the show going and we want to do something that's a little bit uh, more manageable for our schedules and for our our lives because we are, we're writers, you know, <laughs> we do a lot. Um, so we've decided to not spend every episode dissecting single songs, but instead just kind of take a broader look at Kanye. And we're going to keep putting out seasons and episodes and everything, but we're going to be more taking a thematic look at Kanye and each episode will have like a theme and idea and we will dissect just like different parts of Kanye. I don't have a good example right now because I can't think of anything.
2: (laughs) Well I think one of the the benefits of what we've done over the last five years is that inherent to analyzing all of the songs you learn a lot Mm -hmm. not just about the albums but about background on albums. You have a lot of thoughts about those albums and songs and Whether it's the track listing, the opening songs, the ending songs, production aspects, uh, motifs that repeat over the course of albums. There's just a lot that you pick up or background on Kanye on those songs that doesn't always make it into every episode. And I think that's one of the things with Travis talking about the schedule being more manageable. There's so much that we could talk about with Kanye that we haven't gotten to talk about to this point that we're looking forward to exploring those topics. Whether it's opinions on the opening tracks of each album or looking at our favorite samples from Kanye or uh, aspects of Kanye's lyricism that we don't get to talk about because it wasn't to specific songs. But looking at something that's happened over the course of multiple albums or multiple songs on different albums, uh, even going to aspects about Kanye collaborators or guest verses, there's all this content to discuss that we have information and opinions on that we would like to share with you. And I'm sure you have questions for us. and topics for us that you would like to hear us talk about that we would like to talk about. So we're definitely looking at making it more interactive as well with taking recommendations from you all about things that you want to hear us uh,
0: speak on. Yeah, and we don't know what forum that will exactly come in yet because we're still kind of deciding how we want the the show to look moving forward. But if you keep up with us on Twitter, uh, we will keep everyone updated as much as we can. And I'm guessing a new season probably isn't that far away we'll we'll do it within a year right
2: yeah definitely
0: okay um but yeah i'm i'm really excited about that like uh, again i love going through line by line through these songs but i have a feeling this is gonna be a little bit better for my mental health
2: (laughs) yeah just less of that i mean when travis talked about like the prep that we were doing for the shows like the prep could take two to three hours um for just us figuring out like the lines and going through, not even talking about like the solo prep that's going on or just thinking about the song leading up to the episode or in the aftermath, like eh, it was draining.
0: Yeah. But uh, here we are. We're on a new road. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) We've been blinded by Kanye and now uh, taking us in and now we'll see in whole new ways.
0: Yeah. And still hold this promise. Like, the day Kanye comes on the show, that's when the show will end. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe. We'll see. We'll, we'll consider ending it. How about that? Right.
2: It would be poetic just for that to be the last episode.
0: We should do that. That We'll have the interview with Kanye, and we're like, yeah, Kanye, Like we said when we got an interview with you, we'd end the show, but we don't want to end the show yet, so we like hold on to the interview for years, and he's like, Guys, are you gonna post it? <laughs> it's like the ultimate power move,
2: right? It'll be probably how Mike Dean felt with me writing the piece on Forbes. <laughs> are you gonna post it? <laughs> when is this gonna be finished and live? Uh, shout out to Aunt Clemens too. It's almost done. I'm so sorry, <laughs> <laughs> poor Aunt. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, the ultimate tension would be we interview Kanye and then he releases a new album. we're like... (laughs) (laughs) Watching, watching the throne. Welcome to the new podcast.
0: Uh, But uh, yeah, I guess for now, that's kind of it.
2: Yeah. uh, Stay wavy.
0: Keep it loopy. And... And (laughs) remain holy maybe I'll cut it out at some point right now e. 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 and i am the
1: the
0: and they ask me they ask me they ask me I tell them it's the raise your glasses your glasses your glasses to the sky yeah. the to the rock. this is the last call